Happy Easter, y'all. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus is alive. Indeed, he's alive. <laughs> Father, uh, we love you. Um, Jesus, we worship you. And uh, Holy Spirit, we are thankful that you're here in our midst. You are opening our minds. You're opening our eyes. You're opening our hearts to see you and know you and uh, just live into and out of uh, what is already there in Christ in us. Um, Lord, continue to change us. Thank you for making a promise to us that you're not going to leave us unchanged, that you're going to finish what you started and make us fully mature in Jesus. And we pray, I pray tonight that um, for those here who are not following Jesus, um, that you would reveal yourself to them in a special way. And those of us who are following you, Jesus, Lord, that you would come and speak to us um, out of love and reveal yourself to us in a special way. And that you would uh, allow everyone who walked in here tonight to leave this room more alive than when we came in. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so where I'm going to start tonight is I, I just want to address uh, what I'll call the Easter elephant in the room, and that is uh, Easter is, is just this big deal, and sometimes we don't even know why, and so uh, maybe there's pressure to be somewhere or feel something or, or do something today. And so if you are somebody who is not following Jesus and you are here because you've been dragged here by a friend who is following Jesus, uh, just that's good. That's okay. Uh, we're glad you're here. And there's no pressure to, to do anything or say anything or, or feel anything, okay? And if you're somebody who's been following Jesus for a long time, um, there's no pressure for you either. There's no pressure for you to work up Easter emotions or Easter feelings or feel extra thankful um, the Lord gave me a really good gift this morning, and uh, when I woke up, he said, Matt, you don't have to make anything happen today, and uh, I needed to hear that, and so the same is true for y'all. You don't have to make anything happen today, and um, we are here worshiping a Jesus who is more than capable of meeting every single person where we are, and so uh, that's actually what we're talking about tonight. The passage we're looking at, um, I'm going to go ahead and call Chris Pritchett to come up here and read our passage for us, but the passage we are looking at is uh, about a man who was in a rough place, and uh, Jesus loved him and came and met him exactly where he was. And so Chris is going to read that for us. The scripture we'll be reading tonight is John 20, 24 through 31. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, but he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Chris. Uh, so, Right before our passage, um, Jesus is crucified, 
and he's buried and he's put in the ground and all of his followers are huddled together and they're behind locked doors because they're afraid that the same Jewish leaders that uh, had Jesus killed were gonna have them killed as well. And so um, Jesus told his followers though, before he died several times, um, here's what's about to happen. We're gonna go to Jerusalem. Um, I'm gonna be put to death. I'm gonna be crucified and I'm gonna be buried. And on the third day, I'm gonna rise again. And so right before this passage, it's the third day, uh, which is a Sunday, and all of Jesus' disciples are together in this locked room, worshiping, they're praying, they're uh, reading scripture, they're, they're waiting and hoping that Jesus is gonna show up, and he does. Jesus shows up, and, and the risen Jesus makes it very clear to his disciples, um, I'm alive, and I've done exactly what I've told you I was gonna do. And so that was a week ago before this passage. And, uh, but here's the thing, Thomas was not there. Thomas was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. And uh, we, don't, we don't know where Thomas was. We don't know why he wasn't there, but he wasn't there. And so now uh, we're in, uh, well, before we get to our passage, so now all these disciples who have seen Jesus, they've seen the scars on his hands, they've seen the scar on his side, they know that he's alive. Uh, whenever they see Thomas next, they're like, Hey, big news. Like, I just, I think about like, because they're locked away, like, I just couldn't get this out of my head that like, they're in somebody's mom's basement playing like Nintendo Switch. And then like Thomas walks back in with the next pizza and they're like, oh dude, by the way, you just missed Jesus. It was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was just here. But it's like all of these people, that's not what happened. But they, they all, um, I mean, just imagine like they, they have seen the risen Jesus. So it wasn't like, oh, hey, by the way, Jesus just appeared. Um, no, they were, I mean, just imagine like the fire in their eyes. Imagine like the, the joy and the thrill in their voice. And they cannot wait to tell Thomas, he is alive. Like he has done exactly what he said he was going to do that we thought was unbelievable. Like we all saw him. And what does Thomas do? <laughs> uh, Thomas doesn't share their excitement. He says, unless I see his wounds, because it says in the passage before that uh, Jesus said, see my wounds. And so Thomas says, unless I see his wounds, no, 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 wait. Actually, unless I jam my finger into the wounds in his hands and jam my fist into the wound in his side, I will never believe. And what he says is so emphatic. Uh, it's, he basically says, I will definitely not believe. Okay, so here's a question. Do you think that Thomas's doubts are intellectual doubts? I doubt it. See what I did there? Um, I don't think they were. Because think about this. Thomas followed Jesus for three years. For three years, he experienced his power, his character, his love, his wisdom. And Jesus, again, like I said before, Jesus told his followers multiple times exactly what was about to happen. So here's one example, Matthew 20, 18 through 19. This is long before the, uh, the events of this weekend. Jesus says, see, we're going to Jerusalem and the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles, the Romans, the non-Jews to be mocked flogged and crucified, 
and he will be raised on the third day. That's pretty impressive. That's exactly what happened. So on the third day, when all the rest of the disciples are waiting for Jesus to appear, hoping, please, we're running out of time. The sun's about to go down. You said you were going to come back on this day. Thomas is not with them. That's really strange. And now, Thomas's closest friends all are saying the same thing. They are all saying it happened exactly like Jesus said it would. And Thomas does not believe them. That's crazy to me. But I think that, that this is hurt and pain and fear that's masquerading as intellectual doubt. I think Thomas has been through a lot. Um, and this is how it works in you and I a lot too. Thomas was terrified and traumatized and hope is a really painful thing. And so he's acting and speaking out of that pain. It, it makes me think of yesterday, I was with my boys and uh, my six, four and two year old and uh, something about six and four year old said something not intended to be mean but about the two year old being little. And let me tell you, he does not like that. He is not little. And so um, in his pain of feeling little, he just pointed at the six-year-old and said, I'm older than you. <laughs> and the four-year-old and the six-year-old were laughing and were like, no, you're not. And he's like, I'm older than you. I'm older than you. And like as ridiculous as that is, uh, I think that's how a lot of us are with God, having doubts like this. It's not really, it's not the masquerading intellectual unbelief that we claim it is. It's just that, man, we're really in a hard place and we're really hurting. And we've got a lot of questions um, like, where were you when this happened? How could you have let that happen? Why did you not, why do you not speak to me? Why do you not Communicate with me like it sounds like you do with all these other people. This is a lot of pain. And so wherever you are, um, maybe, maybe you doubt the whole thing. Maybe you think this is all a bunch of garbage. Or maybe, um, maybe there's just pieces of it that you doubt. Maybe you doubt God's love for you in particular. Or maybe you doubt how, how close he's paying attention to your life compared to other people's lives. Maybe this is all good and true for somebody else, but for me, maybe not. Well, good news. Um, Jesus can meet you exactly where you are, and maybe even he is allowing you to feel and experience this, and maybe he's pushing you a little bit, trying to start a fight because this needs to come out. Maybe he's drawing this out because he's trying to give you a really good gift, like he does with Thomas here. Okay, so uh, the way that the days are calculated, I know it says eight days later, but um, this is the next Sunday. So the disciples are together again. They're worshiping together again. They're praying. They're reading scripture. They're singing songs together behind these locked doors. They're still afraid of the Jews, even though they'd seen the risen Jesus. Um, but this time, Thomas was with them. So that's interesting, too, that uh, Thomas has essentially called all of his friends either liars or lunatics, to borrow from C.S. Lewis, um, but here he is with them, worshiping. And so what gives? I don't know. Maybe, uh, I'm, I'm sure they didn't just tell him once about 
the risen Jesus. I'm sure that's something you talk about a lot. And so um, maybe their testimony began to work on him, or maybe he just had nowhere else to go. And maybe that's where you are. I don't know. But, but here he was with them, and Jesus appears again. And, and I love that uh, both times, the time before this and in this passage, the first thing that Jesus does when he appears, I mean, he just appears through a locked door. And so the first thing he says is peace. Peace be with you. And he's saying, you know, I just, you don't need to be anxious anymore. Um, I read one, one commentator said, it, it was like a, a, a phrase, um, sit down in your heart. Like all this anxious pacing back and forth in your heart, Jesus said, just sit down. Like, it's all good. You can rest. You can be at peace here. And um, he goes to, to Thomas. And, and, you know, what would you think maybe that he would say to Thomas, maybe some like passive aggressive, like, mm, Thomas, good to see you here. I thought you didn't believe in me. But he comes in gentleness. And I love what he says to Thomas because he says exactly the mirror to what Thomas said a week ago. He says, oh yeah, what were those three things you needed? Okay, see my wounds. Jam your fingers into my hands. Jam your fist into my side. And then I love what he says after that. Hey, don't definitely not believe believe. Like he's just so tender and personal and almost like this little wink of like just this little smile of like, I just, I've heard everything you said. Like I, there's never a time that I'm not with you, that I'm not aware, that I'm not present with you in whatever you're experiencing. And the same is true for us. You know, whatever we say, whether it's a prayer or whether it's a, a vow made in pain uh, before our friends, that is a thinly veiled prayer because that's what that is. Jesus hears those prayers and he answers those prayers. He is not at all threatened by Thomas's doubts. And that's really good news for us because you know what? Thomas was one of his 12 disciples. <laughs> And so if, if the men who followed him for three years, one of them betrayed him, Thomas is making vows that he will never believe. Um, if Jesus is not threatened and put off by that, um, you and I are okay. He is not threatened at all by our doubts. That will not keep him from us. He, will not, he is not angry at us and now refusing to come near us because we have doubts. He will come to us just like he came to Thomas here and meet us where we are and meet us where we need to be met. And he knows where that is because he knows us and he loves us. Nothing keeps the living Jesus from you. No vow that you've made, no doubt that you have, no thing that you have done, nothing. Nothing, no locked door can keep him out. And I can testify to that too. That's exactly where I was when, when Jesus met me in college and I came to faith. That's exactly where I was. was, was behind a locked door on my knees, just trying to figure out what the heck was going on with anything going on in my life. I didn't have any answers. I didn't have 
a seminary degree. Um, I certainly wasn't living the way that he would be smiling upon me. But that, is not, that did not keep him away. He, he loved me. He chose me. He knows me. He came to me and met me exactly in the way that I, he knew I needed to hear from him, to understand him, to know that he was pursuing me. And he does that with all of his people. He will meet us exactly where we are, but he will not leave us there. And, and that's where we're going here. Uh, Thomas is invited by the risen Jesus to basically give him a physical. And we don't know whether he did or not, because it doesn't say that he did. And so it, maybe it's just the fact that Jesus is looking at him and speaking to him is enough. And so now Thomas has this beautiful confession my Lord and my God. It is one of the most clear confessions from any disciple that we have in scriptures of, of the deity of Christ, um, that Jesus is who he said he was. And so as, as Jesus does sometimes um, in these beautiful moments where it's like, you know, hook, he's like, Peter, it is you. You know, Thomas is like this confession of belief. Jesus gets a little spicy. Like he kind of ruins the moment. And Jesus says, uh, have you believed because you've seen me? Well, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Ooh, burn. <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds like, but that's not really what's going on. Um, what Jesus says there is really, really, really important. Um, he's saying this because he loves Thomas, and he's saying this because he loves us. Jesus is saying, I'm going to meet you where you are, but I'm not going to leave you where you are because I am maturing you and I am growing you and I am making you into something new. And we're not going to stay at this place. Um, for any of y'all who have had music lessons before uh, from somebody who's like a really great instructor, it'd be like showing up for the first lesson and they just like, yeah, so you want to learn how to play? And they just like wow you with some like incredible guitar lick and you're like, whoa, yeah. Or like, you know, some crazy drum solo. But like, if you kept coming back to that person and every week they never taught you anything and they just played some amazing guitar lick, I'm like, there you go, I'm awesome. I'm like, wow, thanks, these lessons are not helpful. Um, that's not what, you know, people who love people and are trying to help them, you know, parents and friends and teachers and whatever, I mean, you're taking somebody as they are, you're meeting them where they are, but you're not leaving them there. You're saying, no, 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 now that you've seen what I can do, follow me. I'm, I'm going to take you there too. You're coming with me. You're going to be able to do this too. Just follow me. And that's what Jesus is doing here with Thomas. That's what he's doing with us. Um, it's like, okay, good. You're alive. You're real, Jesus. Now let's, let's move on um, because this is not where we're stopping. We're, he's moving us out of having faith in our, ourselves, having faith in our five senses, to faith in him, to faith in his, his word, his character, who he is. Um, it, it, we're not going to stay in this place. We're holding Jesus hostage to, you know, give us a special sign every day. Jesus is like, oh, I'll meet you where you need to be met, but this is not where we're going to hang out because this isn't healthy. This is really uh, immature. So it's not bad. Uh, it's not at all bad that Jesus comes and reveals himself in special, significant ways. Um, but that's just a start. Because what's better than the risen Jesus showing himself to you is the risen Jesus living inside of you. And that's what he said, I've come to do. That's what's happening right now. Paul talks about this and says, 
God is making known to the world how great are the riches, the mystery of the good news of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. And he says this, it is Christ in you. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus says uh, in John 16, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So among the many benefits of the fact that Jesus is risen, that Jesus is alive, is that now his spirit lives in us and the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside you and I. And he is helping us understand his word. He is helping us grow. He is helping us trust him. He is giving us the power. He is transforming us. He is making us new. And he is strengthening us and maturing us. He's like a loving parent who's saying, like, I I will meet you where you are, but I'm not going to keep spoon feeding you and putting diapers on you when you're 18. I'm going to grow you, and you are actually becoming like me, and you're going to be with me forever, and you're joining me in this work. You're joining me and going out into the world with Thomas and every follower of Jesus between Thomas and us to say, he is alive. He is risen, and that changes everything. Jesus wants you to know that he is risen. He he, he will go and has gone to whatever lengths necessary to make sure that you know that he is risen. And he is saying to every one of us, um, hey, don't definitely not believe. Believe. And he still speaks to us in powerful ways all the time. And and the the three ways that he most consistently speaks to us are through um, his spirit and through his word and through his people. And so uh, if this is your first time here with us at Midtown West, um, I would invite you to keep coming back wherever you are, whatever doubts you have. Just keep bringing those doubts and you don't have to clean them up. I don't have to clean them up. But you keep bringing those doubts and Jesus is gonna keep meeting you. So come on this adventure with us. Come with us. Hear him speak to you in his word. Hear him speak to you through his spirit in the other men and women in this room. And come and see that Jesus is alive and that it changes everything. Father, um, Lord, thank you for not leaving us Lord, thank you that you are not threatened by our doubts, um, but you don't leave us there either. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage and the humility to be honest with you in the quiet places in our heart uh, about where we really are and how we really feel about you, even if it's really ugly. And I pray that you would meet us there the same way that you met Thomas in your love and your gentleness and your power and that you would just change everything. Lord, and as we continue to walk with you, you continue to mature us. Um, Jesus, continue to show us more and more and more who you are and, and what it means that you are alive. And we ask this in your precious name, amen.